EHH Productions presents KB Cabaret, an original variety show, with your host, Bree Harvey. Hi folks, and welcome to KB Cabaret. My name is Bree Harvey, head writer and producer of this show. KB Cabaret is a calabaloo of original skits, songs, poetry, and short stories. What's Calabaloo, you ask? Magic from a child's creative imagination. I was five when I coined that word, and it's been with my family ever since. The settings originate from my hometown, Parlor City. And the stories originate from people who are a product of fiction. Names, characters, places, and incidents either are products of the author's imagination or are used fictitiously. Any resemblance to actual events, locales, or persons living or dead is entirely coincidental. Thank you, Kate. That, folks, obviously is my lawyer. Starring my friends, the Parlor City Players, Judy McMahon, Kate Murray, Molly Murray, Charles Berman, John Carey, John Montgomery, Bill Murray, and me, your host, Bree Harvey. Welcome to our town. Welcome to Parlor City, where our friends come, come out to play. When neighbors don't leave, they stay and chat a while. Welcome to our town, to KB Cabaret. This week on KB Cabaret, we feature the music of Eric DeVito, plus sketches with special guest actor Joe Bardalis. Welcome to our time to KB Cabaret. Mornings are a special time for me. My rituals are simple. A good cup of coffee, soft classical music, and a little daily feature in our local newspaper called Advice with Granny Ada. Dear Granny Ada, after a hard day at work, I expect to find my loving wife waiting for me with a martini and a hot meal. She chose not to work outside the home, for she felt being a stay-at-home mom would be the best for our children. However, here's the clincher. Ready for it? We don't have any children. Not human children, anyway. We have three dogs, two parrots, a pig, and a lizard named Arnie. She plays with them, watches TV with them, walks with them, feeds them, takes them to the vet, and bathes them. However, she has no time to clean the house or make a meal. I am lucky if she spends time with me at all. I love our pets, don't get me wrong. But frankly, I'm tired of being ignored, tripping over clutter, and take-out meals. What can I do to change this picture? Signed, Zootopia Outsider. Dear Outsider, how delightful. Having a wife who places lizards above her husband on the social scale. There is something seriously wrong with the attachments your wife has formed. Pets are wonderful and most often therapeutic. Doctors often suggest having a pet to reduce blood pressure or lessen depression. However, when all other family and social responsibilities are set aside for the sake of the animals, there is a psychological problem that needs to be addressed. My suggestion is to have both of you meet with the therapist dealing with social isolation. See what she is hiding from, what she is scared of. 
If your wife refuses, either you live with the status quo and perhaps dress up as Fido to get attention, or you will have to make serious choices with the help of the counselor. Thank you for writing, honey, and have a nice day. Granny Ada Gentlemen, Parlor City Chef Extraordinaire, Beulah Deschamps, calling from... Lille, France. On tour with the jazz singer Isabella? That's right. She's singing tonight in Lyle. So what's it like being a chef roadie? It's quite a challenge, let me tell you. Fortunately, I'm not the only caterer here. I'm one of five. And thank goodness for that. Otherwise, I would have little chance to sightsee. How many people are you cooking for? Around 50, and sandwiches are not really an option. And are you solely cooking vegan now? Well, although I love a challenge, I'm not required to only cook vegan meals. Well, that is good. We sit together with the other caterers and make sure we do not duplicate or have a one-sided menu. So how long does it take to prepare all the food? Well, the key here is to simplify. I make up the menu with the other caterers. We decide to do this while we're out in the evenings and having a fun old time. I see, sort of killing two birds with one stone. (laughs) Yes, something like that. Then the next morning I go to the market and I buy what I need for the day. This way I get some sightseeing done. And let me tell you, Brie, old Lille is lovely. I bet it is. It is one of the oldest towns in France, dating back to as far as 2000 B.C. Really? That's right. The original inhabitants were the Gauls, followed by the Germanic peoples like the Saxons, the Frisians, and the Franks. Today, Lille has been voted as one of the top cultural and internet-friendly cities in France. Interesting. It is. Right now, I am shopping in the amazing Soho-like Marche de Oisennes, located in the Place de la Nouvelle Aventure. You can find all sorts of food, Flowers, fabrics, and exotic products in this amazing place. Can you hear the accordion in the background? Yes, I think I can. Just barely. So what will you be making? Well, in this area, the cuisine is Flamand, or Flemish-based. So, of course, I am making a carbonade a la Flamand, a Flemish beef stew, both in the regular version and the vegan version. This is made with beer, so I have to find Belgian beer that is purely processed. The beef will be easy to substitute with beans. Sounds delicious. Madame, oulala, allez, allez. What? Nepal Francais, qu'est-ce que c'est? Vous avez volé fête. What? Ne comprends pas. You stole the carrots. Excuse me, I did no such thing. Oui, mademoiselle. You stole les carottes. I saw you. I looked at les carottes, and I put them back in the cart. Mais non. Oh, just stop touching me. I shall call the police. What? Are you crazy? Look, look, nothing in my pockets, my purse, see? I know what I saw. Oh, Bree, I have to go. I'm glad I sent the recipe last night. Please post it on my recipe app. Oh, stop looking in my coat, you maniac. <laughs> 
Oh, dear. Well, I guess this is not the highest note Beulah has left us on. I hope she'll be okay. But the show must go on. So, as Beulah requested, I shall post this Carbonada La Flamande, both the original and the vegan versions, on her recipe app. She also sent suggested Cabernet pairings. You can find this and all her amazing recipes exclusively on KB Cabaret app. Just go to kbcabaret.com, that's K-B-K-A-B-A-R-E-T dot com, and download yours today. Yeah, boss. Get in here. You're right there, boss. Oh, no, Muggsy. Sounds like you're in trouble. Shut up, Fanny. I don't get in trouble. Then why does the boss sound so mad? Maybe he's calling me in because he's mad at you. Again. Oh, no. What did I do? Muggsy, now! Guess we'll find out soon enough, eh, Vinny? Coming, boss. Yeah, boss? Close the door, Muggsy. I don't want numb nuts to hear what I got to tell you. Oh, she's, I don't know, Vinny. Looks like it's pretty bad this time. I don't want to say anything to get you worried, but, you know, it's not looking too good for you right now. What's up, boss? You know how my wife gets real picky about the gifts I get her for Christmas every year, right? Uh, no. No, boss. I, I don't know nothing about that. She picky? Yeah, she's picky. Apparently, she didn't like the horse's head I got her last year. Huh. Who wouldn't like to get one of those? I know. That's what I'm saying. Here, I thought it would make up for those blood-stained champagne glasses Vinny brought back from the wedding the year before. Yeah, those were nice glasses. Yeah, but it's too bad the groom had to get whacked before the honeymoon, though. Yeah, sometimes that's just the way it goes. Yeah. So, boss, uh, what do you need me for? I need you to go to the mall today and find me a good Christmas present for my wife. Sure, boss. No problem. Good. Now get out of here. And take Vinny with you. But don't tell him nothing, you hear? Don't worry, boss. He won't know a thing. Come on, Vinny. We're going for a little ride. Where are we going, Muggsy? Don't worry about it. Why? What did the boss say? Oh, boss says I got to take you out in the field and whack you. Oh, no, Muggsy. I didn't do anything. What did I do? You know what you did. And the boss ain't happy about it, neither. Oh, I think I know what happened. You do? Yeah. I forgot to flush the other day. That was you? Manny. Muggsy, you gotta go back in there and tell the boss I won't forget to flush no more. You'll do that for me, won't you, Muggsy? Please? Too late, Vinny. You should have thought about that before. Besides, I'm thinking it's probably not the first time it happened, is it? Probably not. Vinny. Let's go. I want to get this over with so I can get back and eat lunch before it gets too late. But, Muggsy, I ain't even started my Christmas shopping yet. Okay. We'll stop at the mall first. You sure the boss won't get mad about that? Nah, he'll never know. We keep it just between us, right? Yeah, just between us. Gee, thanks, Muggsy. And don't you worry, I won't tell no one nothing about it. Shut up, Benny. Get in the car. <laughs> Thank you.
I would like to welcome Eric DeVito, guitarist and composer, to my studio at BHH Productions and KB Cabaret. What a beautiful, soothing jazz blend. Tell me a little, Eric, of what inspired the song Sanskrit. I wanted to compose something that had a very kind of ethereal vibe to it. A lot of my tunes tend to be kind of have certain groove-oriented vamps or reoccurring themes that tend to be a little more groove-oriented, and I wanted something that was much more open and ambient and left a lot of room in it for kind of freedom. Um, so actually, there's a very particular song, uh, John Coltrane's song, After the Rain, and it kind of has a little bit of that kind of vibe or in a particular version of that song I was listening to, probably. I kind of wanted that very open feel, so it's it's very kind of ambient and grows organically, and it, there's a lot of um, within kind of the harmonic structure, and even the form itself is kind of uh, simple on paper, but leaves itself kind of open for a lot of interpretation. Let's listen to Eric DeVito's soothing Gibson guitar sounds of Sanskrit, featuring Steve Wilson, Corcoran Holt, and Alyssa Falk Verhain from his 2013 second studio release album called the second time around. Here is Sanskrit. <laughs>
rock band The Brass Astros has spent the last six months trying and failing to cut a new single. All they've been able to do is resurrect all the same old petty complaints and arguments that made them break up in the first place. But wait, is there finally some hope? They've just arrived at a hotel for their first gig in 27 years. It's a Brass Astros road trip. Better watch out, they may be coming to your town next. Can you believe it? We're back on the road again. The open highway, the blue skies, the freedom. The skanky van, the crappy food, the smelly singer. Hey, I'm not the one with the foot odor that can peel paint off a barn door. Watch it, Danny. That six-hour van ride put me in a really foul mood. I might just take it out in the first washed-up aging ex-rock star singer I see. Cut it out, Dad. None of us are used to being on the road after all this time. Let's enjoy ourselves. We have a gig tonight. Let's get checked in and get ready. What kind of hotel is this, anyway? The whole place is full of guys with cowboy hats. Yeah, guys with cowboy hats make me nervous. Country boys and rock and roll do not mix. Calm down, guys. Once we get into our rooms, everyone can relax for a few hours before we leave for the gig. Good. Can't wait to take these shoes off and put my feet up. No, they'll have to condemn the place. Remember when we used to cut off his toenails and smoke them? If you juveniles can avoid killing each other for just a few more minutes, I'll get us our room keys. Welcome to Split Rail Inn. Are you checking in? Yes. We have four rooms reserved for the Brass Astros. The Brass Astros? Um, are they a country band? Oh, no. The Brass Astros are a rock band. You must remember them from the 80s. You look old enough. Honey, I'm old enough to remember Les Brown and his band of renowns. Now there was a band. Yeah, I guess you don't get many rock bands staying here, huh? Well, we try to avoid them. Some of them have a tendency to trash the rooms, like the night we had Robert Planet and Eric Crampton. Uh, maybe you could just get us our room keys? Okay, here we go. Two rooms for the Brass Astros. Two? No, no, we have four rooms reserved. The record company, they booked it for us. Well, honey, you better take it up with them. You have two rooms with two double beds each. And you better take them while you can. We're completely booked up because of the rodeo in town. Oh, no. This is a disaster. Guys, you better come over here. We have a problem. What happened? Did the Board of Health find out about Corey's stinking feet and condemn the hotel? Well, you're close. We only have two rooms for the four of us. What? You gotta be kidding. No way. That sucks. Come on. I'm telling you right now, there's no way I'm sharing a room with Corey and his feet. No problem. I made it one of my lifetime goals not to sleep within five miles of Danny. Well, you guys better get over your hang-ups with each other, because there's only one way you're going to do this. I get one room, and you three get the other. That's not necessary. You and I can sleep together. Not a chance. We broke up, remember? Yeah, Danny. My daughter has gone on to bigger, better, and smarter. She's not sleeping with you, and neither am I. I'll take the second bed in Gracie's room. No, Dad. I 
too old to be sleeping in the same room as my father. Besides, your feet, they really do smell. Why don't we all sleep in one room and Corey's feet can sleep in the other? I can't believe how screwed up this whole situation is. Can this day possibly get any worse? Moonbeam! That crazy hippie, she can sniff us out wherever we are. How does she do that? She smells your feet. Greetings, fellow travelers across the mysteries of the cosmos. Once again, our paths through the wilderness of existence have crossed. It is our destiny that attracts us to each other like Saturn to her rings. I hear you're getting a thousand dollars for this gig tonight. I'm entitled to 50 bucks. Cough it over or I'll send my enforcers. How about we give you a free room for the night instead? All you have to do is sleep with Corey. Alas, my olfactory organs find such orders repellent. Give me my 50 bucks and I'll get out of here. Here, take the money and disappear now. Yeah, take those damn finger symbols with you. Farewell, my friends. May our journeys come to a mutually agreeable conclusion in an alternate plane of peace. Corey, take off your shoes so we can get rid of that incense smell. I think she was the one who smashed up the room with Robert Planet and Eric Crapton. Guys, we still haven't figured out who's sleeping with who. Danny won't sleep with Dad. Dad and I refuse to sleep with Danny. Zeke, who do you want to sleep with? I don't know. Who's left? Is there anyone here who wants to sleep with this man? I'm going out to sleep in the van. That leaves just the three of us. Dad, Danny, I'm taking the one room. You guys will have to fight it out. No. No. While you people are trying to pair off, I have other guests to take care of. Yes, can I help you? Well, Mr. Planet and Mr. Crampton, I have a bill for a smashed-up room to discuss with you. Tell me a little background of the man from Queens, New York, the composer and the teacher, Eric DeVito. I'm a full-time music teacher, uh, creative couple of programs, uh, elementary and a middle school music curriculum in lower Manhattan. I've been doing that for about a decade also. And I've always, you know, been a, an active performer, both in the classical genre and the jazz genre. Original composition was something that I kind of always valued as much as just being a performer and improviser. So it was kind of natural when I did my first record, if I wanted it to really um, feature my original compositions on there. And I think on that first album, pretty much all of the tracks, there's 10 tracks on that album and nine of them are my original compositions. On the second album, it's a little less, only three of them or something original. So I wanted to do a little more jazz, traditional jazz standards on the second album. The song Autumn, I understand, has a significant message that inspires this lovely melody. My wife was pregnant with our first child. At the time, we were thinking about names, but I always liked the name. I kind of wrote it as a tune for my soon-to-be child, wondering if it was going to be a girl, because I always liked the name Autumn for a girl. So it was kind of supposed to be something that was very pretty and a little more folk sound oriented, um, which is why I used the steel string guitar on that. And like a ballad, it was supposed to be something very gentle. Let's listen to Eric DeVito's Autumn from the album Second Time Around. 
featuring Alyssa Falk Verhain on drums, Steve Wilson on sax, and Corcoran Holt on bass, and of course, Eric on guitar.
I wish I hadn't done that. What? Oh, never mind. Damn! What? It must be pretty bad if you keep saying damn. What'd you do that you wish you hadn't? I called up Miriam Horndoggle and asked her out. What? You called up some woman and asked her out? Yeah, not only did she turn me down, but she told all her friends and made me a laughing stock. I wish I hadn't done that. So do I. Since when do you get off calling up women and asking them out? We've been married for 23 years. Yeah, I haven't felt right since it happened. Well, I hope not. I don't feel right about it either. In fact, I'm completely shocked, angry, and humiliated. How can a married man like you justify calling up some woman and asking her out? It happened in 10th grade. 10th grade? I thought you just called her up now. <laughs> Why are you thinking about that all of a sudden? I don't know. I guess I'm bored watching this movie and my mind was wandering. I wish I hadn't done that. Will you stop obsessing about Miriam Horndoggle? It happened 40 years ago. No. Now I'm thinking of the time I stole those little potato chip bags from Barney Bonhoeffer's party. He caught me walking out the door with 25 of those little bags and threatened to call the cops. It broke up the party and he never spoke to me again. I wish I hadn't done that. What grade were you in? I was a senior. <laughs> it's nice to hear how much you matured in two years. You went from getting rejected by girls to stealing potato chips. Actually, I really was maturing. Back in second grade... I was standing in line at the cafeteria, and I caught a whiff of that disgusting chicken chow mein they were serving that day. I got sick and puked all over Letty Kennison's new dress. She started crying, and the teacher yelled at me, and my mother had to pay to get Letty's dress cleaned, and I still can't stand chicken chow mein. I wish I hadn't done that. What else have you done that you wish you hadn't? Well, one time in college... My roommate paid me $10 to take a political science final exam for him, and I got a C on it. He was really upset and demanded his money back. I wish I hadn't done that. Keep talking. I'm gaining some fascinating insight into this man I happen to be married to. Well, in my first job interview after college, the HR lady was really hot, and when she asked me what position I was going for, I said, Missionary. She threw me out of her office, and I didn't get the position. I didn't get the job, either. I wish I hadn't done that. My opinion of you has just gone down about 12 notches. Let's see how much further you can go. One time I got in a fight with a guy over a parking spot at work. I called him a large-stuffed little weasel, and he turned out to be an executive vice president of the company. I got fired and didn't get another job for six years. I wish I hadn't done that. I hate to ask this, uh, but uh, what did you do while you were unemployed? One time I needed cash, and even though I had money in the bank, I was too lazy to go to the ATM. So I wrote up a sign that said, Down on my luck, need $600 for a new boat. And then I sat down on the street corner with my hat upside down waiting for handouts. I didn't get any money, and one guy called me a scum-sucking freeloader who should get up off my fat butt and find a job. Then a cop told me to get out of there, or he'd throw me in jail. I wish I hadn't done that. I can't believe what I'm hearing. Do any of these regrets have anything to do with me? 
Oh, yeah. One time after we'd been married about five years, I came home early from work and saw my best friend Marvin Mulcahy's car parked outside. I looked in our bedroom window, and there you two were. I poked holes in all four of his tires, and then I went down to Sully's bar and got trashed. I wish I hadn't done that. Oh. Oh? That's all you have to say? Oh? I catch you in bed with my best friend, and all you can say is, oh? Oh. I wish I hadn't done that. Tell me about the song Second Story. How is this song structured? Second Story is probably the most complex form line. Actually, when I perform that tune live, a lot of times you can almost move a few things around form-wise depending on the instrumentation. Like, it sounds a little different when I play it without a saxophone player. But there are kind of certain sections of the tune that are set to be a certain way and that have set melodies and counter-melody things. But within each of those sections, there's a large, you know, degree of improvisation. And in some aspects, like the, you know, there's some bigger solo sections in the tune. Like, there's the whole main middle of the tune. It's completely improvised but based around, uh, like, a certain groove. You know, if you listen to the tune, you can almost hear, like, three distinct sections. You hear kind of the beginning section, and there's kind of like an, a C section, which has a little more of a pop tune kind of feel to it. And then it kind of goes into this bigger improvisational section, and then it kind of comes back again. So, yeah, that, that's a pretty complex one. It, even though there's a lot of improvisation in the tune, it's probably, of, of most of my tunes, it's probably one of the most, I don't want to say the most, but it's one of the more... Uh, I don't want to say restricted, but structured tune. So let's hear Eric DeVito's second story. Thank you. 
thank you so much for taking me out. This is a real treat. Oh, it's a treat for us too, Aunt Helen. Isn't that right, Marty? A treat. I just love going out. Well, we hardly see you since we moved to the city. What city is that, dear? Patterson. New Jersey. Well, that's not right. I, I, I'm sorry? Allergens in the clergy. I thought they had women who dusted their homes. What? Oh, no, no, Auntie. Patterson, New Jersey. Not allergens in the clergy. Well, why would I be in a hurry? We just sat down, dear. What? Oh. Aunt Helen, uh, Mom told me you have uh, new hearing aids. I'm sorry, dear. I, I didn't catch that. New hearing aids? Oh, yes, and they are wonderful. I can hear everything. I can see that. Now I can hear what's going on at the tables next to me. <laughs> really? Take that nice young woman and her daughter. They're having an argument over living arrangements. Seems the daughter wants boundaries. You heard that in just a few minutes we've been here? Yes. Those two? Uh, the ones at the angle uh, from you? Yes. The two in that booth? That's right. Aunt Helen, those are two men. No, dear. Mother and daughter. Two men. Honey... What? They're two dudes. I know, but let it be. Oh, Harry loves this place. I know, Auntie. Uncle Harry used to take me here when I was a kid. We miss him too, Aunt Helen. Yes. Hi, welcome to the Pancake House. Can I start you off with coffee? Juice? Oh, coffee. Sounds good. Yeah, me too. Aunt Helen? We'll just share a cup. You can have your own cup, Aunt Helen. Oh, dear. Harry and I don't drink that much coffee. Isn't that right, Harry? We'll just share. Uh, then two coffees? No, dear, three. I said we'll share. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'll be right back to take your order. Did you see that? What? That man who took our order just took our jelly. Oh, he, he's probably filling it. It was half empty. No, he must be rationing. President Roosevelt said that we have to conserve jelly. I just hope that they have enough maple syrup for our pancakes. Harry loves syrup on his pancakes, don't you, dear? She thinks we're back in the 1940s. Well, just humor her. Here's your coffee. Are, are we ready to order? You have syrup for our pancakes, or are you under order to ration? Uh, no, we have syrup. Oh, good. Then we'll share a stack of blueberry pancake. Okay. Is that all? No, we want to order two. Huh? She said... N never mind what she said. I'll have the number two special, but n no cheese. And I'll have the number six with extra sauce. Okay. Thank you. Well, Aunt Helen, how do you like mountaintop-assisted living? I'm sorry, uh... Who are you? What? Aunt Helen, I'm your nephew. <laughs> no, you're not. I don't have a nephew because my only brother still goes to high school. Aunt Helen, do you know who I am? Oh, sure I do. You're Marjorie, 
We worked together in Minsky's burlesque on the corner of 3rd and State. I can't forget you, Marge, old girl. Well, this is getting interesting. Stop putting your nose into other people's business, Shorty. Get your own table before I call the manager over here. And Helen... Shh! Did you hear that? What? H hear what? That mother-daughter I was telling you about. They're spies. They probably can hear us. We have to go. But we just ordered our food. What, dear? I, uh... Marty, dear, you need to behave when out in a restaurant. I thought my brother taught you better than to salivate. Wipe your mouth, dear, and order Harry and me a side of applesauce. Oh, it's so nice to go out once in a while. It's such a treat. Hey, Barry. Hey, Davis. You believe the storm we had last night? What storm? What do you mean, what storm? The storm that blew out the electricity for half the town. The storm that knocked over a hundred trees. The storm that flattened two homes and almost killed Mrs. McKinley's cat. Weren't you in town? Yeah, I was in town. And you didn't hear it? Well, I had a bigger storm inside my house than on the outside. You don't say. Yeah. You know, I don't get women. You never did. Huh? Never mind. What happened? Well, a week ago, I got this text. Here we go. Yeah, it was from Marilyn. The one you were engaged to? Yeah, that's the one. The one who threw the engagement ring at you when she was blind drunk? Yeah. The one that tried to get you arrested for alleged solicitation? Can I go on? Oh, I've got more. I'm sure you do. Okay, spoil sport. Go on, then. Well... She got into this car accident and needed my help. Oh, how bad was the accident? Her car was totaled and she had whiplash, wearing a brace. Uh-huh. I thought she didn't own a car. Well, I guess she does. I never saw that she had a car. As a matter of fact, the judge revoked her license a few years ago. Your point? Never mind. Just continue with the story. Well, she texted she needed a lawyer. What about the lawyer she hired to draw up a refraining order on you? Well... I don't know. He probably doesn't specialize in car accidents. Okay. Go on. Stop interrupting. Sorry. So, anyway, she also texted that she needed a place to crash. I mean, stay for the night. Because she was in pain and didn't want to be alone. What about her boyfriend? She doesn't have a boyfriend. Really? So the guy she was making out with while the two of you were on vacation wasn't her boyfriend? No, that was her gay roommate, and she wasn't making out with him. She just let him sleep in her bed. While well, you had to get another room in the inn? Would you let me continue with the story? Fine. So, I'm letting her stay at my place for a while. She stayed more than one night? Yeah, two weeks now. Really? So how's that going? Well, she's grateful. <laughs> How grateful? Well, if you mean can I touch her, no, I can't. But she's grateful when I bring her a supply of Jack Daniels and pain pills. What? She's an addict? You're enabling an addict? She's responsible. Since when? Well, after she trashed my place, she picked up some of the stuff. Barry, you're crazy. No, I'm her friend, and, and maybe I'm going to get lucky. You'd be luckier in a convent, Barry. Funny. So this is why you didn't hear the storm the other night? Yeah, I was preoccupied dodging the dishes. She was throwing 
dishes at you? Well, not at me. I was just in the way. Really? Yeah, she said she didn't like the pattern, and I was a cheap so-and-so. That was before the Jack Daniels and pills, or after? During. You're hopeless, Barry. I think she's going to let me sleep in my room tonight. Barry, I have to go. Do you know any good lawyers? No, but I'll send you a few numbers for psychiatrists. Bye. What? What are you talking about? Oh, I have a text. Will Barry text a psychiatrist and try to get lucky? Will Barry finally realize that Marilyn likes Southern comfort over Jack Daniels? Or will Barry have to buy more sets of dishes for Marilyn to break? Stay tuned for the continuing saga of Clueless Barry. The song Pastime is a song off your album called Breaking the Ice, debuting in 2012. Yeah, it's really an homage to Joe Pass. He's kind of one of my guitar heroes, one of my inspirations and influences, especially when it comes to solo guitar stuff, even though that's not a solo arrangement. Before we play this song, I just want to thank you, Eric, for being on our show today. Eric's music is available for download. Just go to KB Cabaret's Musicians page and click on to Eric DeVito's website. That's KB Cabaret, K-B-K-A-B-A-R-E-T dot com, the Musicians page, and find Eric and all our other featured artists from the show. We shall lead out the show with the song Pastime. It features bass player Corcoran Holt and drummer Nadas Nierzelnecker, and of course Eric DeVito on guitar. Pastime. Thank you. 
Well, folks, that's all for today's show of KB Cabaret. I want to thank you, our wonderful audience, for tuning in. KB Cabaret could not exist without you. I would also like to thank our hardworking actors and writers, Kate Murray, Judy McMahon, Molly Murray, Charles Berman, John Carey, John Montgomery, and Bill Murray. And I'd like to thank our hardworking sound engineer, Charles Berman, and his assistant, Valentine Monfuega. My musical engineer, Dave Rice, and a special shout-out to Christina Danella, my former music engineer, who is now working on Broadway. KB Cabaret is always looking for original musicians and writers. Inquire at kbcabaret.com. And sponsors, we have a special page just for you at kbcabaret.com. Just go on to the sponsors link and hook up. In Parlor City, there are no goodbyes, only farewells. Until next time, this is Bree Harvey. Have a Calabaloo type of day. Thank you for coming, coming to stay a while. Thank you for coming to spend some time. We love to have you and share our Parlor City. Back again now to KB Cabaret.